Hello, I'm Matthew Pfeiffer with MattPfeifferCoaching.com. Thank you for tuning in to Toxic to Triumph. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the horrific helicopter crash that took the life of Kobe, his daughter, and nine other passengers. Kobe left a great legacy. He also left a very great impression on many. I think for anyone who is in or healing from a toxic relationship, I think there are some lessons that we can learn from Kobe as well. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you, and I will talk to you soon. tragedy strikes, it quite often leaves people scrambling for answers. The helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and the nine other people is no different. I'll be the first to admit that even though I am a basketball fan, I prefer the Mavericks over the Lakers, and even though I've always respected Kobe's talent, I was never a huge Kobe basketball fan. However, I've always felt like Kobe was like an older brother. A lot of guys my age would tell you that. We graduated around the same time. He entered his profession a few years before I entered mine. A lot of guys in my generation would tell you that they felt like they grew up with Kobe. And any man who was a father of a daughter, this tragedy hit too close to home. So with all that being said, even though I was not a huge fan of Kobe in terms of basketball talent, nor a Laker fan, I have always found myself very drawn to him because of the Mamba mentality, basically his pursuit of excellence. As people are reminiscing, his former players and coaches, you start to hear more and more about this Mamba mentality. Quite often, Kobe would be up at 3 or 4 a.m., and he would often practice two hours before his actual practice with the Lakers. Then he would also practice for two hours after his practice. This is extremely uncommon for any NBA player. Number one, NBA players, and I would say basketball players in general, typically don't like practice. They enjoy the games, but practice, I mean, who likes to work, quote-unquote? But Kobe was very different. Because he loved the game of basketball so much, he had no problem putting in the extra work. I remember hearing him in an interview one time discussing his pursuit of excellence. And he would say, try to find the person who is doing it at the best, at the top, and try to do it better. Try to perfect it. I also remember one time in an interview, someone asked him why he would get up so early in the morning to go shoot around and for him to go practice. And why he practiced two hours before practice and two hours after after practice. And his response was very, very interesting. Now I'm not quoting him directly, but let's just say that he practiced two hours before two hours for actual practice and then two hours after practice. He basically did the math that if I practice six hours a day versus my competitors only practicing two hours a day, by the end of the week, he would have practiced 36 hours that week versus his competitors 12, which in his eyes gave him an extreme advantage. 
The other thing I found very interesting about Kobe is that he really didn't have a nightlife. As a matter of fact, he lived very far from L.A., which is the reason why he had a private helicopter. He often would use the helicopter to fly home between practices during a break so he could spend time with his kids and with his family and with his wife. Shaq, one of his former teammates, was reminiscing, and he was telling a story about how Kobe in his rookie year, when Kobe wasn't getting a lot of playing time, was listening to the coach drop a play during halftime, and instead of sitting there listening because Kobe knew that he wasn't going to play very much, was actually on the side practicing his moves for the day that when he does play a lot. And what did all this work lead up to? Kobe ended up being one of the greatest basketball players ever, five-time NBA champion, an MVP, all-star MVP, and then even after his NBA career, he even won an Oscar. What's remarkable is that he was able to do all of this by by the time he was 41 years old. Some people go an entire NBA career and never win a championship. And some people make short films for a lifetime and never win an Oscar, and Kobe was able to do both. And so I know some of you at this point are wondering, what the hell does Kobe have to do with a toxic relationship? How can this help me? So I want to circle this back to his Mamba mentality, his pursuit of excellence. What was this pursuit of excellence actually about? It was about time. Kobe did not like wasting time. Other players who wasted time in practice, he would have them removed from the team or kick them out of practice or yell at them, cuss them out. There's a story about how another player forgot his jersey one time, his game time jersey, and Kobe cussed him out because, guess what? It's a waste of time. The guy was not, he was not mentally focused. Kobe hated wasted time. And why is that? It's because time is a resource that you can never get back. Kobe knew from a young age that once his youth and once his talents were diminished, once he passed a certain age, that he could never get that time back. So he wanted to utilize every single moment that he possibly could, when he could. So I want to circle this back to you, who may be in a toxic relationship, who may have a toxic friend, who may be in a toxic work environment, And you might be debating on whether or not you should leave, whether or not you should end the relationship. So I want to ask you, how much time have you wasted waiting for this person or this situation to change? Some people go years, 20 years. The worst case that I've dealt with as a clinician, a woman spent 40 years in a toxic, narcissistically abusive relationship. That's 40 years that she will never, ever be able to get back. No matter how much time you may have already wasted, you can always trust the next chapter of your life because guess what? You're the author. You may be listening to this and you may have already wasted 10, 20, 30, or even 40 years in a toxic relationship, in a narcissistically abusive relationship. But that doesn't mean that the next 10, 20, 30, or 40 years need to be like the last 10, 20, 30, or 40 years. You also can be like Kobe in a pursuit of excellence, in pursuit of a better situation, in pursuit of a better life. But you also, just like Kobe, have to put in the work. So I hope this episode was helpful. I'm Matthew Pfeiffer with MattPfeifferCoaching.com. 
If you found the information in this podcast to be useful and you would like to make a donation to help further this podcast, go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to the donations tab, and you can make a donation of any size that you feel is adequate to the information that you received. If you have a question that you'd like for me to answer in a future podcast, you can also go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to contact, send me a three paragraphs max, being very, very direct about your situation. I would love to answer any questions that you might have right here on the podcast. However, if you need an answer right away and you would like to work with me one-on-one, you can go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to products, select whichever product you feel fits your situation the best, and I will talk to you soon. Keep your head to the sky, spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly, show the world you can fly, baby. Dream big, keep your head to the sky, spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly, yeah. Show the world you can fly. Dream big, keep your head to the sky, spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly.